Hey, how's it going? Good. This is episode 20 podcast. I'm your host, Noah, and joining me once again is Patrick. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. How are you doing? <laughs> Glad it's still going good. I'm doing great. I'm just chilling. <laughs> yeah. Um, so this is sort of the kickoff of our Pirates of the Caribbean retrospective. Um which I'm very excited about. But before we get to that, Patrick, have you seen anything recently since we last talked with uh, Mad Max Fear Red? Um, yeah, I watched The Italian Job with uh, Michael Caine and yeah. The Conversation by Francis Ford Coppola and Tron and The Death of Stalin. And I enjoyed all of them, even though some were obviously a lot better than others. Mm-hmm. probably uh, the conversation was the best and the Italian job was my favorite. Oh, okay, cool. Um, as for me, I saw Predator, which is the classic action movie, and I enjoyed it. Um, I know some people praise this a whole lot. I didn't really get why it had been praised so heavily. I thought it was a lot of fun. Um, I didn't really care for all Schwarzenegger a whole lot um but this was a lot of fun with it was just a great action movie which is it obviously paved the road for a bunch of more action movies to come um so I enjoyed it and I also watched The Curious Case of Benjamin Button with uh Brad Pitt and Kate Blanchett and the concept of the movie was something I'd actually always um had always wondered about um when I was like eight or nine, uh, the, the concept is uh, somebody being born old and going back young. And as they as time passes, they get younger. I'd always thought that was interesting. So I watched it. It was on Netflix. And I thought it was, it was, it was good. Um, there wasn't anything really special about it. I thought the performances were solid. Um, so I watched that. And then I saw the very first Godzilla which is probably the best Godzilla movie that I've seen so far. I've only seen the um, the two newer ones with um, the one with Aaron Taylor Johnson and um, the a Godzilla King of Monsters. Um, neither of those I especially care for, but I thought this one was a lot of fun just seeing Godzilla break stuff. And I thought that Godzilla was much more of a character, if I could say that, um, than he is in those the newer ones. Um, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, it also had a some good um, things to say just about um, the H-bomb, which had happened um, just a few years before this movie um, came out. And I think that Godzilla sort of represents the Hiroshima bomb and the weapon they they've made a weapon that they could use to kill Godzilla, but they're wondering, do we use this weapon and stuff? And I thought that was an interesting um uh, conflict, and then I watched uh, Saving Private Ryan, um, which is probably now my favorite war movie. Um, I still have to see 1917, Patrick. I know that I think that is your favorite war movie. I, I believe. Yeah. Um, I still have that one on my watch list. Um, but for now, Saving Private Ryan's the best. Um, Tom Hanks is awesome. Matt Damon is awesome. I, those are two of my favorite actors, and. Um, 
Spielberg is just a great director just with visuals and stuff. It's really showed just the brutality of war. Um, especially after watching Predator, which was just <laughs> a lot of fun with guns and stuff. Uh, this was a lot more serious. Um, great visuals, great score, of course, by John Williams. He always knocks it out of the park. Um, so I watched Saving Private Ryan. And then I saw The Silence of the Lambs, um, which is obviously a classic um, I had just finished reading the book and the Sons of the Lambs might actually be better than the book. I know, uh, Patrick, you corrected me on my typing, uh, when I made the review. Thank you for that. I went back and edited that. Uh, <laughs> okay. but the Sons of the, the, the Lambs, uh, was a lot of just really tense movie. Um, Anthony Hopkins and all the other cats members are just fantastic in the roles um i've thought about this movie a whole lot it's now in my top 30 um just of favorite movies i really just had a blast with this movie not really no but no i'm not let me rephrase that that was this movie was not fun i'm not going to say that um but it was just a very um well-made movie um with great performances and then the last thing i saw was i rewatched ready player one um, which I had seen uh, about a year ago, and I rewatched it. Um, and it was honestly better than I had thought. Um, I was actually prepared to give it four and a half stars on Letterboxd, but I went ahead and gave it four because while well, the first two acts are just a ton of fun, the third act doesn't really work for me just a, a whole lot. Um, I also am not a fan of the lead performer. He's in the last two X movies. And I thought he really was not good in those. I thought he was just serviceable in here. Uh, but there's some great visuals. I- I'm a nostalgic person. I'm going to go ahead and say that. I'm a very nostalgic person. Uh, and maybe that'll factor into a movie guitar recommends on Pirates of the Caribbean. <laughs> I have a lot of nostalgia with that movie. Uh, but seeing all these cool references and stuff, there's a scene... Um, in the middle, which uh, is really good. Uh, so I would definitely recommend that one also. It's much better than I expected. Um, and also, one thing that didn't work for me is the romance story in that movie. Uh, it was a little weird. But other than that, yeah, definitely a lot better than I thought. Sweet. Yeah, I've definitely been interested in that just because it, the scope of it looks so crazy. Yeah, it, it, it's a very beautiful looking movie. Once again, better <laughs> Steven Spielberg, but he, whether he makes a bad movie or not, it normally looks good. Um, so anyway, we're here to talk about Pirates of the Caribbean. Um, so before we get into The Curse of the Black Pearl, um, Patrick, without spoiling your thoughts on um, uh, the movie, um, what what's your sort of relationship with this franchise? Um, uh, well, I grew up um having a big interest in the movies because I used to listen to the soundtracks that was kind of my first contact with anything Pirates of the Caribbean because mm-hmm. Hans Zimmer was my favorite composer growing up so I yeah. listened to especially Curse of the Black Pearl like a lot when I was just doing school or whatever mm-hmm. and then uh I finally watched the first one and then just kind of went from there and I, I've seen all of them before this retrospective so yeah yeah that's what I um, how about you 
Yeah, actually, pretty much um, right where you're at, um, I watched these about, um, I'd say, three years ago, um, which for me is still a kid. Um, but I did, I, I watched those, and um, without saying what I think of them now, uh, when I watched them then, uh, Curse of the Black Pearl was my favorite movie of all time. Like, I loved this franchise. It was the best. Uh, and I do remember um, Stranger Tides um, not being the best. I actually, the day after I watched Stranger Tides, I hated it. Um, but yeah, uh, just my favorite thing that I would get in my like stocking for Christmas was a Pirates of the Caribbean shirt. Um, and it was just this franchise has meant a whole lot to me. Um, now looking back, I could definitely see a few more problems that you know we'll get into with this series in the later installments. Um, but yeah, this was definitely a stout, a nostalgic franchise for me. Yeah, I would say the same. Uh, all right. So anyway, uh, let's get into the curse, the Black Pearl. Um, so we sort of open up with, um. Uh, our, I guess, main female character, uh, Elizabeth Swan, yep. um, as a younger girl sitting on a boat. Um, and we're sort of introduced to um, most of the characters that we're going to see throughout the movie. We're introduced to Elizabeth Swan, um, uh, Joshimi Gibbs, and um, uh, Elizabeth's father. And Norrington. Um, yeah, Norrington, right? And uh, Will Turner. Um, yeah, so, and the Black Pearl itself, too. Yeah, which I, I'll agree with you. I think that's also just sort of a character on its own. Yeah, and really the first scene is just introducing the, the mystery of the Black Pearl and mm-hmm. how, you know, just that's the beginning of how it's going to unfold because all these yeah. characters are tied up with the destiny of this ship in some way. Yeah, definitely. This is a great job, like you said, setting up the mystery of the Black Pearl, um, sort of the mystery of Will Turner's past also, and it True. just sets up all the characters. This is definitely a, a great opening. Uh, I do have one question, though. Yeah. Uh, when, we, when we see um, Lieutenant um, Norrington, or whatever... Um, the age thing... <laughs> Yes, the age thing. Like here, he looks early thirties or late twenties. Elizabeth looks like she's eleven, and then later, yeah, uh, Norrington's gonna propose to Elizabeth, and I'm. It looks like a good ten years at least have passed. Norrington's like forty, and like twenty years later, maybe it was the time or something, but even. As a kid, like, I thought this was a completely different person. Yeah. <laughs> like, I I was like, oh, this must be Norrington's father <laughs> or something, but the same actor. Like, my mom was just going all over the place, but I could not accept that um, this was the same character. Yeah, I think... Um, but it yeah, is. Yeah, I think Elizabeth is supposed to be, like, around 13 in the first scene, and then Norrington yeah. would be, like, in mm-hmm. his early 20s like maybe 22 or something. Okay. So then, you know, if it's like seven years later or so, 
then Elizabeth Swan is like 19 mm-hmm. or 20 and then uh Norrington is still yeah. like late 20s or early 30s so it, it works out yeah it's okay. definitely like weird to think about <laughs> yeah just on the surface it looks weird it I adds, mean it adds to the grossness of the dynamic later on though when he's like trying to propose to her and stuff yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, I think we could both agree that this is a really great opening. It sets up the mystery and stuff. Um, and yeah, I'm instantly hooked just with this mystery. Yeah, definitely. And then we got the coin and everything. Yeah, we got the coin, which I so wanted when I was 10. I went <laughs> everywhere trying to find that coin. Uh, but oh, I couldn't find it. I, I, yeah, the medallion. And I actually story i went to florida and went on this um like this quote-unquote pirate ship and like um my mom and dad said this is that it was gonna be like a pirate ship and stuff and i went on it and it was like for like eight or seven year olds and i was like 11 at the time and i was and it was really weird and the captain of the ship um had the medallion on his neck and I I went up to him and I asked where did you get that necklace I've always wanted one of those and he said um from from a hidden treasure in the sea uh, or yeah. something like that and I was so mad like why <laughs> why did he have to but he he did and I I still struggle to find sometimes i would still want one but now with the access of amazon i could probably find it but yeah just as 11 11 year old that was a necklace i'd always wanted that's funny he was too in character yeah (laughs) um so uh, after that uh, um we're sort of introduced to an older elizabeth um and uh she still has the medallion in a hidden compartment in her drawer which I would totally want one of those. Um, yeah. But uh, uh, she gets a dress from her father. And, you know, I think the something we need to do need to mention is, like, this movie was not considered to be a huge success. It was not going to do very well. I mean, this was based off of a, a theme park ride in Disney World. And yeah. they just took the concept of that and made a movie out of it, which in the movie will later spawn into a like a uh, five-part franchise, and that was never thought of. Uh, when we get to Johnny Depp's character, Jack Sparrow, um, everyone hated what Johnny Depp was doing with the character. And you know, <laughs> on, obviously, looking back on it now, I mean, we laugh at it, uh, but they did not like it at all. This was really meant to focus more on the love story between um, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan. Um, but yeah, this was definitely a huge risk, and also there had been a a pirates movie that had, um, I'm not sure the name of it, but it bombed, uh, just a year before this movie was released, and pirates movies were just really risky now, they were not something that, um, were being made, and this movie really, um, rejuvenated the love for that, but also, I mean, this is not at all how, um, pirates are actually like I mean this obviously makes this like as a you know an 11 year old myself like watching this movie I'd I'd want to be the part you know like I wouldn't want to be Will Turner 
I wanted to be Jack Sparrow, you know, and I think that um, whether Disney had some influence or not, they probably did, but just how this was, this is a much more fun movie, well, if we were to do a modern quote-unquote Pirates movie, it'd probably be a lot darker and a lot less fun. Yeah, they they definitely, like, made the Pirates dangerous enough to, you know, be sort of a threat, but they wanted yeah. to keep it the overall tone fun so they're the the pirates are funny they're joking around you know and the the actors are definitely having a fun time with it for sure but it's interesting that it was based on the disneyland theme park ride because now we have jungle cruise with dwayne johnson coming out in a yeah year. and so we might have to do a comparison when that comes out and see uh, if they get it right this second time around, because they definitely made it work this time. Spoiler alert on my recommend. Yeah, oh, definitely. Yeah, that'll be interesting. You know, I don't know if, uh, if there's been that's been based on a theme park ride, uh, besides this and the later Jungle Cruise. Um, but yeah, so this is definitely there's definitely some risk involved. Uh, but when we're reintroduced to older Elizabeth, we're she it's set up um sort of how her character acts we sort of learn her intentions and such um what her character's like um it's, we also get the setup of the dress yeah which is actually gonna be a huge setup of this entire movie is that the dress is too tight and you know elizabeth is sort of like a um uh, sort of a tomboy just that she doesn't fit into this fancy society with her father, who's the governor of Port Royal. Um, and we're also introduced to um, uh, Will Turner, um, played by Orlando Bloom, um, who I know from the Lord of the Rings franchise. And then I saw like, 15 minutes of some sort of ro- uh, Roman war movie he was in, um, which was very bloody and frightened me as a child <laughs> but um <laughs> but you know Orlando Bloom is often actually kind of mocked as sort of being a very straight man um but you know I like him here you know he's kind of a he, he plays this innocent figure who doesn't really um know a whole lot of just about what is out there in the world I mean he he takes these sword lessons and stuff um, because what's to kill a pirate, but really he doesn't know a lot what's out there. He just uh, has this desire to, I guess, just this disdain against pirates, and, you know, he is uh, nervous around um, uh, Kira Knightley or um, Elizabeth Swan, yeah. um, and yeah, they haven't introduced because Will won't call her Elizabeth. And um, when I was a when I was um, eleven and was just a huge, huge fan of this franchise, like I went out and spent like fifty dollars on the <laughs> audiobook and I and I read and I listened to all of them. So like I, I have a bit of that knowledge and stuff. And apparently, as kids, um, Elizabeth and will play together but from here i honestly don't get that a whole lot because i feel like they um, very briefly see each other right yeah i think i think the idea here is that while they were you know close as kids they've grown apart as they become adults because 
the they've become more a part of society as they've grown older and the mm-hmm. society doesn't really want them to interact as much and will is just kind of yeah will is very much wanting to fit in with society which is also shown in how he mm-hmm. doesn't like pirates because pirates are very anti-social people you know they break laws etc yeah so he's just trying to fit into society and make his way but Elizabeth mm-hmm. comes from the comfortable position of already being set up in society so she can kind of view it from a more disdainful position and she just wants to do what she wants. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, um, Kira Knightley is our other main lead who uh, I only really know from The Phantom Menace because she uh, played as um, uh, Padme's opposite. <laughs> and looking back at The Phantom Menace, so knowing that's Kira Knightley, uh, I guess she is better than Natalie Portman was ever in that entire series. So that's how I know whether Padme is wearing the makeup or not, because if it's good acting, it's probably Kira. Wow. But if it's bad, Natalie Portman. Hey, Natalie Portman is a good actress, though. She's come a long way. I'm sure she's good at some things. I I just have the um, advantage point of seeing all her bad performances, which is Thor and the prequels. But I do do want to see... Okay, she may not be bad in Thor, but she is disserviced by a bad script. And then <laughs> when um and when we get to Thor the Dark World, um she is doing the thing she did in Phantom Menace and deciding not to act, which she herself said in press interviews in the Phantom Menace that um she chose not to act. Well the Phantom Menace is a terrible movies. script. Also, she yeah, I'm sure that she's good in some things and I'm Definitely willing to go see some of her other stuff, Annihilation and Black Swan, all those other movies that she's supposed to be good in. I haven't seen her in anything that she's good in, but if she's deciding not to act, then I think I could say that she gives a bad performance in the prequels. But anyway, <laughs> I think that Kira Knightley um, does a pretty good job here. Um, you know, when you compare these performances, though, to um, Johnny Depp, who, who we'll get to in a few minutes, um, they all kind of look lame um i do think when we get to jeffrey rush he actually does a good job of playing up against johnny depp yeah um but th- these are good statement to johnny depp's um wily behavior um what did you think of um our two i guess main leads because johnny depp isn't intended to be the lead but um he kind of is when we think about it but what did you think of orlando bloom and Kira Knightley? um i think they're really good i think they have a good dynamic you know together their their mm-hmm. romance is believable and they uh it's you know it's engaging and interesting it definitely uh mm-hmm. uh captures the the more feminine audience as well like my sister has always been heavily interested in that side of the story so mm-hmm. i think when we get into the later movies that is they they keep that going as a draw they don't want it to really be um ever decided fully so it's kind of a you know a question of a will they won't they situation yeah so yeah you, you, you engaging in that way yeah yeah you're talking about just the the class distinction between them and you know um elizabeth is kind of not interested in that you know when the uh norrington later proposed to her um and um her um 
Elizabeth's maid will be talking to her, and we're, we sort of get from those two exchanges that any other girl would um, do anything to have Norita propose to them. Um, but um, Elizabeth is looking for a different life. Yeah, and and she she really already has her position secured because she's you know the daughter of the what is he the governor of Port Royal right? Yeah, the governor. That's right. Yeah, so she's not really looking for any kind of position or anything. So she's she's set. She's just looking for love. That's all she wants. <laughs> I think. Yeah, and I then think, after. Oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say I think one of the. Uh, the strong points of this opening of the movie is that there's really nothing introduced here that doesn't come up again later on in the movie. Like, yeah, this is, everything is being set up really well. There's no time wasted on you know anything that's uh useless to the plot. Like, we she has the dream at the beginning to set up a lot of the mystery, and then because of the dream. Mm-hmm. She puts on the medallion that she's had hidden away for years. And then, yeah. you know, she has that under the dress. And, you know, we'll, we'll get into the, <laughs> the the plot of that going forward. But nothing is slowing us down. Everything is just propelling us towards the, the, the conflict later on. Definitely, yeah. This, this opening between... Um... Um, Keira Knightley and Orlando Bloom definitely sets up everything that's going to happen later on. It, it's, it definitely sets it up very well. You're right. And uh, then after this, um, we're, we are introduced um, through a scene that I think might be my favorite introduction to any character. You know, you have the introduction to Darth Vader and A New Hope. Um, you know, Tony Stark and Iron Man, um, just so many um, great openings. Um, even um, Sons of the Lambs, when you're introduced to Hannibal Lecter, so many great introductions. But here, I think this one takes the cake. I mean, with that awesome Hans Zimmer score um, just playing in the background, you know, I think Zimmer will later rip himself off when we get to gl- when gl- he gets to Gladiator, which is the almost the exact same score, <laughs> but it's such a good score. I don't really mind. Uh, yeah. It's a this is a great score. Props to Zimmer. He adds so much um, to every scene it's in. Even um, I actually think many of the iconic um, parts about the Pirates of the Caribbean score comes later in the Dead Man's Chest score. Uh, but here we have that main thing that da 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 that you know this it's 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 so good and yeah Johnny Depp um, rolling up here this movie made Johnny Depp my favorite actor um, for at least two years I saw Edward Scissorhands because he was in it and I saw many other movies that probably weren't that good uh, because he was in it Alice in Wonderland anyone um, but. He's great here. I mean, he rolls up and you're, he's on the crow's nest and, and you think he's on this grand ship and he jumps down and he's on this little dinghy boat. I mean, it, it's this garbage. He's barely staying afloat. He's trying to get the water out of it. He pays his respects to these three um, um, skeletons hanging above um, this rock arch saying, Pirates, you be warned. 
I mean, this is a great opening. I mean, instantly when Jack Sparrow is introduced uh, in this movie, I mean, he steals the show. Yeah. I mean, no matter how good the love story is between um, um, Turner and Swan, um, my eyes are always on Johnny Depp in this movie. And it's a perfect introduction because it perfectly sets up where his character is at in this point in the movie. He's literally yeah. on a sinking ship. He's he's only coming to Port Royal because it probably it was the closest port he could get to and he knew he was going down. But he's uh-huh. still proud. He's still, you know, everything he does is done with swagger. He's trying to he's trying to come across as still in control, still the captain of his ship, whatever that ship yes. may be and whatever condition that ship is in. Yo, mm-hmm. him saluting the pirates that have been caught and hung is definitely, you know, it, it sets up how he is a pirate still and he's on the mm-hmm. run from the law, but he really has no money. And that's further set up by the fact that he steals the he steals this little pocket or this little wallet of coins as soon as he gets as soon as he sets foot on land. Yes, he barely says a word. The um, man in charge of the dog comes up to him and he's got to pay for um, parking there, I guess, or stopping there. Um, and he gives him three shillings and then he takes the the other bag. I mean, yeah, it's it's great. And and that walk um, depth. Did, I mean, he created that. I mean, um, depth did method acting for this. I wish that I had videos of him doing method acting um on set um that that'd be so great but um yeah he's great here and when he's trying to um steal the boat from um these two bumbling um soldiers i mean the, i think that some credit actually needs to be given to the two actors who play these two soldiers um and they actually bounce off of Deb very well but my eyes are just already captured um by Depp's performance and I mean, yeah, that, that walk he does, like, after seeing this movie, I've walked like that for, like, <laughs> two days. Just, you know, no matter how well made um, uh, Will Turner and Elizabeth Swan's characters are, I mean, when I watched this movie, I didn't want to be Will Turner. I wanted to be Jack Sparrow. I mean, Will Turner, I mean, he's a, he's a blacksmith. I mean, it looks like Jack Sparrow, even though he doesn't have a ton of money, he's got the worst boat. He's the character who has the most fun. He's never yeah. just fully nervous. I mean, when he's you know when he's trying to get the medallion later, I mean he has nervous expressions on his face. But Sparrow's normally just always one step ahead. Yeah, he's a rock star with no band, but he still knows mm-hmm. how to play. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and when he's he he talks about the black pearl to these two officers, and so much is told to us um though in an offhand it's a joke but also we're interested in what they're saying because i mean it's a black ship with black sails and we saw that in the beginning scene so we're also interested in what um murtaugh is saying he's talking about a ship that's crewed by the damned and captain to buy a man so evil that hell itself spat him back out i love that line and 
Yeah. It's Sparrow just uses to to walk away and to go steal a boat. I mean, it's it's great. Yeah, the script throughout is a perfect balance of humor, character development, and plot development. And that's really all you can hope for from a great script. Absolutely. Um, and also it's cut between where um um we see Elizabeth's um struggle in her dress and uh, then she's proposed to um, by Norrington. Still find it weird. I mean, um, but whatever. I mean, it's a bumbling proposal, and we don't really care for Norrington. Norrington a whole lot anyway, even though we haven't seen a whole lot of his. He hasn't done anything wrong, but I mean, I actually think that the actor playing him, uh, Jack Davenport, um, does a good job just playing this, this sort of the straight man. Um, but yeah, we don't really want him to marry Elizabeth, uh, but she falls in the water, and uh, Jack actually jumps in to save her. Yeah. Yeah, he he immediately presents himself. Really, the first action, other than, you know, a little uh, petty theft that he makes in the movie is to save Elizabeth. So that immediately sets him up as this perfect anti-hero that's gonna you know you never really know what his motivations are he follows his own code and he doesn't really care what others think about it am i right hello (laughs) am i alone Yeah, so just the fact that he saves Elizabeth as, like, one of his first major actions in the story sets him up as, like, the perfect anti-hero. Yeah, no, just no matter how much he steals or anything, just because he saves Elizabeth, it shows that he has a redeeming quality, but whether we see him as a hero or not, I mean, he's going to be captured for it, but when he is giving... Elizabeth Ayer um, by cutting off her corset and stuff and he drops so many lines like, clearly you've never been to Singapore and stuff and you d- you're so intrigued because there's just some sort of mystery to this character and, and you want to know more about him. I love that there are these just dropped lines that um, Jack says and we don't know what they mean um, but it adds to this mystery of the character. Yeah, there's, you know there's definitely a story behind this guy but it's interesting that as the story unfolds, you find out that really the reason why he's so destitute at the beginning of the movie is because as much as he wants to be a pirate and, you know, lead his own, lead his own ship and change his captain, he's not really that ruthless. Like, he's not, uh, he's just not evil enough to, to be that guy. So Did we get disconnected again? Uh, no, no, we didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just faded out there for a second. Uh, oh, what were you sorry. saying? 
I was just saying, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I was just saying how the reason that Jack Sparrow is so destitute is because he's not ruthless enough to be a pirate captain, really. Like his his crew turned against him because yeah, he wasn't I... he didn't make the tough decisions because he he's not really like a killer or anything. Yeah, you know? I don't think he kills anyone at all in this movie except for uh, Hector Barbosa later. Yeah, and you know he kills the pirates and stuff. He only kills bad people, you know. While you know Barbosa and his crew, I'm they they'll kill anyone. Yeah, and I mean that was a personal revenge story for Jack Sparrow too. Because he, you know, Hector was the one that really led the mutiny and the betrayal. Yeah, and you know, when uh, Norrington is searching him, he has a compass that doesn't work, but uh, we'll find out that it, it it does just in its own way. It, it's just, it's the best compass ever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's like every everything that they bring up in the story has some purpose later on. Yeah. And uh, Norrington will say he's the worst pirate he's ever heard of. And Jack will go, well, you have heard of me. And that's just great. I mean, you can you never dampen his spirits, really. Yeah, that's true. And um, he'll, he runs off and um, by um, sort of capturing Elizabeth with his handcuffs. Um, then he escapes and goes to the, uh, the blacksmith's off, which is... Um, uh, which Will Turner actually works at, uh, but this shows that when Will dropped off the sword later, which we um, actually did uh, talk about uh, with, with him dropping off the sword that Norrington gets later, yeah. um, it uh, uh, Elizabeth's father says, uh, "Do pay my um, regards to your master." And you know, um, Turner's um, Orlando Bloom's great here. He has this look in his eyes where you know. That it that Will did make the sword, and you know we'll find out that the owner of the blacksmith place is a drunk who mm-hmm. is barely sober, and he <laughs> he takes credit for literally everything Will does. When um Jack gets captured later, it's because um uh, he got hit over the head um, with the owner of the blacksmith um, while really Will was doing all the work. Um, so yeah. it just sort of sets up that. Will's never really gotten his due yet. Yeah, that fight shows, first of all, that Will is definitely uh, a competent swordsman, and he could stand up against pirates. He can uh, make that happen. And that, like you said, he just hasn't gotten any kind of recognition for what he's done, and he's looking for some kind of big uh, moment for himself to mm-hmm. to get recognized and you know part of that is so that elizabeth swan will recognize him yeah <laughs> he doesn't realize that she already has <laughs> yeah and when um like they're fighting and stuff will proves himself here when he's fighting against jack i mean he'll he'll trap him in there later by throwing the sword um and even though jack on the inside is probably a little nervous i mean he doesn't show that i mean he's Throwing these funny quips. I mean, he's playing Will just with, um, um, like almost teaching him how to fight, even though Will already knows. And then when he's um, um, asking who makes all these, and Will says, "I do," and I practice with them um, three hours a day. Does that mean he practiced with each of them three hours a day? I don't know, <laughs> um, but uh, he's like Jack instantly just reads through all of. 
uh, Will's sort of quote-unquote toughness. I mean, because he instantly sees um, Will's motivation. He, I mean, he practices three hours a day so he can kill parts and impress Elizabeth, like you said. Yeah. And um, it also proved um, through this fight, which is also really well choreographed, is that yeah. this fight's a lot of fun. Um, and I, th- uh, I don't think this movie's actually given enough credit. I mean, the swords and stuff look really good. Um, they're made by a, like a professional blacksmith. All really cool stuff. And just with jumping on the um, sort of the top of the roof or whatever. And um, all of this looks really good. Great choreography. Um, and while Jack loses the fight, I don't, we don't really care because we just had a lot of fun. Yeah, and it shows also, uh, it further develops Jack's character in that he's not afraid to fight dirty. And yes. he, has this, he says this mysterious line about how the shot in his pistol was not meant for Will. And so you're like, mm-hmm. well, who was it meant for? And then yeah. you actually do find out. So they don't like make mm-hmm. any promises that they're not going to fulfill. Definitely. Um, so uh, once he's captured and stuff, yeah, he's captured, and then um, um, we see Elizabeth later, and, and she has this exchange with her maid. And I have to say, if that was my maid, I'd fire her on the spot. I mean, she is <laughs> just, like, really being nosy. I'm like, girl, you're fired. <laughs> but um, they have an exchange. We, we get that Elizabeth does like Will. They're both just sort of too afraid to either show it or – Maybe if the blame goes to Will, because he doesn't have the, I guess, the balls to admit it himself, and that'll be a character arc for him later at the end of the movie when he does admit it to Elizabeth. Because I think Elizabeth, I mean, she's ready. <laughs> she's, yeah. she's like, say my name. It's Elizabeth. It's not Miss Swan. <laughs> and um, yeah, we're it still develops these characters, and we we see um Jack at the cell, and he's not, I um, believe. Really, either he's given up or he's not really worried about getting out um, while everybody else is trying to bring the dog over and then the uh, the Black Pearl the Black Pearl attacks um, and this ship looks awesome yeah yeah I love the um, I don't really know what to call them but like the, the trails behind the cannonballs when they're firing into the, the town mm-hmm. it looks really cool yeah it, it's at night and so wait, I do have a question. When Elizabeth is in the water, the, the necklace goes up and sort of sends out this like this signal, like a wrinkle through the water. Right. Is that how um, Barbosa knows to go there? Because that's how I took it. But yeah, I don't yeah, the two guys. Uh, I forgot their name. It's like spaghetti and linguine or whatever. Or Rigetti and uh, what, what what are their names? Pintel, uh, and Rigetti. Yeah, Pintel and Rigetti. They uh, they keep saying how the gold calls to them, and I think that mm-hmm. that shockwave that comes from the gold is supposed to be like the call that because uh that that brings them there because also the wind changes right after the call goes out. Yes. And the black pearl is famous because it uh sails against the wind. I think or no, that's the. That's a Davy Jones ship. Never mind. Yeah, uh, this ship is sort of supernatural in its own way. Yeah, it's um, yeah, yeah. Um, and you know, Jack isn't really worried about it, but he, he perks up. He's like, I know those guns. <laughs> and yeah, um, 
this is all staged really well. Will goes out to to fight, which which um sort of helps us like him more. Just that that he is sort of a a hero in his in his own right. Um, when he goes out there to help him, and he he throws a axe in the back of um a pirate, and the pirate will come back later. Um, before we know um about this curse or anything, and I've like, well, that's set up pretty well even before we see the skull um the the skull hands and stuff. Yeah. I think that, that was set up well. I I think the only problem with this scene, and this is probably the first uh logical error that is in this movie, is that mm-hmm. the the moonlight shining down like affects ah. the hand and it shows it reveals them as like skeletons or whatever. But we're supposed to believe that, like, there's only one stream of moonlight and it goes straight into Jack Sparrow's cell and only reveals, like, one hand of one guy. And no one else, no pirate in the entire town is revealed except for that guy. Which, like, I kind of get if they just want to tie it into the curse and say it was, oh, it was all supernatural or whatever. But it is kind of Mm -hmm. a stretch. It is, yeah. Uh, that that is a bit of a plot hole, I suppose. Yeah. Um, still really good, though. <laughs> yeah, still really good. Staged well. Uh, like you said, the the, the cannonball firing are good, and um, just with sort of um, the pencil and Rigetti, um characters are two that I, I really enjoy throughout the series. Um, when they leave, I sort of point out is the dip in quality of the franchise when we get to Stranger Tides. Yeah, not in that one. That's also um, uh, Will and Elizabeth leaving, though. Yeah, it is. Um, yeah, we'll get to Stranger Times. I got a lot of things <laughs> to say about that movie. Um, but uh, yeah, staged well, looks good, and then just with them chasing after uh, Elizabeth, and um, these two characters are a lot of fun. Just um, with um, Brigetti's wooden eye, and uh, the two play off each other really well, and um, yeah, she calls. Um, parlay, which is sort of about the the code uh, that said by Morgan about finding me or whatever. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, it's really um, she sort of dooms herself by saying parlay. Um, but I guess they would kill her, so yeah, it, they, it's sort of a, a win lose. <laughs> yeah, they would have killed her, so she stays alive, but she's captured on mm-hmm. the ship. Yeah, and uh, she like, she really just. Out of all the last names she probably knew, the one she had to say was Turner, and that just set the plot forward. <laughs> I just don't know. I just find that uh, very amusing. Um, but yeah, um, when we get to introduced to um, Jeffrey Rush's character, uh, I really like it. He sort of has this um, calm demeanor about him, while all his other crew members are sort of um, just really you know, violent and sort of gross. Um, he has this um, calm yet menacing figure about him. I think he's really the only actor in this cast that um, plays off of um, Johnny Depp really well. Like, um, when I when they those two are talking, I'm looking at both of them and not just Depp. Yeah, I think part of his menace comes from the fact that he is able to lead this uh, crazy group that's seen as yeah. the most dangerous group of people in this whole movie. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and 
so the the ship sets off and um, Will frees Jack because Norrington um, is not quick enough. Um, but um, he sets him free, and you know we sort of see Jack perk up when uh, Will says his name, um, and his Will is says his first and last name, and Jack just sort of uh, fills in the blanks um, and, and agrees to go with him and. This breakout scene is just so much. Well, I guess not breakout scene, but when they're um, dealing the ships, um, yeah, getting um, getting the ship. I mean, uh, Jack's just—he's clever. I mean, he gets the boats and he um, um, goes aboard the the Dauntless, which is the most powerful ship, uh, but the Interceptor is the most fastest ship. Yeah, they well also they weren't going to be able to get the ship ready to sail out, so they just wait. For the guards to do it, and then they just jump over to that ship and then sail it off. Yeah, and um, we're talking um, the the two um, uh, soldiers who Jack had been talking with sort of tell him everything about the ship. He's like, "Yeah, the yeah. Is, it's the power in these waters, true enough. But the interceptor is the fastest." And um, Jack's sort of like, "Oh, okay, so I know what ship to take." Yeah, um, yeah, and and Norrington pretty much does um, Sparrow's work for him. Um, and yeah, they set off, and then um, Will and Sparrow sort of have this confrontation, um, just about um, whether Will has to sort of put a bit of his goody two shoes side of him aside, um, just with having to sail into the command of a pirate and such. And yeah, um, and Jack learns- also says, Oh, go ahead, yeah, and he learns that his dad was a pirate, yeah. Which I guess really stinks for Will because he does not like pirates. Yeah. Um, and we're also introduced to, um, I think another character in its own, um, Tortuga. Oh yeah. This is still like a place I want to visit. <laughs> like, <laughs> just because of this movie, like, I, I thank the Lord that it's probably a little, a bit nicer now. I that it's as dirty and stinky as it is in this movie. Yeah. Um, but you sort of like it because Jack likes it, and you're really just on Jack's side. In, we're reintroduced to Gibbs, and we also have that um, funny exchange between um, Jack and these two girls, um, Scarlet and I think it's Gazelle or whatever. I don't know. Yeah, Gazelle. Um, yeah, and it's just funny because while Jack has all this charm, um, not. No one's really impressed by it. We're the only ones who do. Everyone else just either finds him annoying or just is a scoundrel. Well, yeah, he he really is in the story, but he mm-hmm. he's he's clever to himself, and that's really all he's trying to impress the whole time. Yeah, um, and yeah, the scene is set up great. I mean, it's sort of cheesy when Jack is like, your jo- Gibbs and Jack are leaning over the candlelight, like. The the music is haunting and stuff, but I I just I just go with it. <laughs> it's just it's I I just sort of go with the movie for that, and it's just mysterious. But I mean, really, and none of this is quote unquote realistic. Like I said earlier, I mean, just with this is all elaborate and stuff, and yeah. I, I I go with it, and we sort of get why Jack is um, going with Will to free Elizabeth. Um, because he thinks he could get um, the Black Pearl back. Yeah, and I think at this point, you're engaged with Jack Sparrow. You're engaged with his character. Mm-hmm. 
you're you're curious about the mystery. You want to know uh, if Will's going to end up with Elizabeth. So really, mm-hmm. the realism of this, the plot is kind of, at this point, not really of interest to the audience. Mm-hmm. And um, after this exchange, um, uh, Elizabeth um, has the choice to whether she gets to um, dine with the captain in a red dress or um, dine with the crew naked. Um, so <laughs> I would probably take the captain also. He seems to be the most... Um, decent i suppose yeah, <laughs> of the crew yes yeah, civilized um and uh it's also sort of a whispering over the candlelight moment um uh, but you know i go with it and uh you know um barbosa has that monkey and stuff and uh, just with rush's um jeffrey rush's acting as he's watching elizabeth eat and there's sort of just this hunger in his eyes but he doesn't touch the food it's just so interesting really just the looks he he the look he has in his eyes and you know um he uh, tricks her or tries to trick her into eating the poison apple but he really doesn't want her to i i kind of think about like what if she had actually eaten the apple he probably have to go no don't eat it Um, (laughs) but well i guess it wouldn't matter oh well yeah it probably probably wouldn't matter because they could just pour her blood out anyway but yeah oh whatever um, but, um, you know, when he tells them about the curse and stuff, uh, and she runs outside, you know, the design of these skeletons is really good. I mean, you know, this is CGI, I'm guessing. I mean, I don't know yeah. how you would do this practically. Yeah. Um, but it looks so good. I mean, there's probably like a few shots that don't look, um, I mean, just seamless. But I mean, overall, this is great CGI. And it's probably aided by the fact that it's in the dark. Yeah. Um, but it looks so great. Yeah, and it's it's stylistic for the scene, and it's a very over-the-top scene, so it definitely works yeah. to be the scene that reveals the, the most, uh, uh, I guess, I don't know what you call it, spiritual concept or... A most, supernatural? Yeah, supernatural uh, concepts in the film. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's really good. Just when um, Barbosa um, walks out and... You know, he's giving his monologue and stuff, and you know it's it's all just sort of cheesy, but it's so good too. I mean, Rush is um, his acting is really good. I mean, uh, he's probably second to Johnny Depp in this cast, honestly. As Giant um, Jackson is my favorite, but um, um, Rush is a close second. Yeah, I mean, he's a fantastic actor, no matter what he does. Yeah, um, and just when he um, pulls out that bottle and takes a drink from it, and, and Elizabeth watches this the the liquid go um, down his skeleton body. I mean, mm-hmm. It's great. It, it's over the top, but it's great. Yeah, it's funny, but it's also like a little ooh, like uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, and then uh, after this, we sort of see. Uh, we get introduced to Jack's crew, um, and, uh, you know, and it's set up, I don't know if you caught this, maybe this is because um, uh, I've read the audiobook, or I've listened to the audiobook um, a long time ago, but um, the boat that Jack stole from Anna Maria is the one that we see in the beginning. Yeah, yeah. Okay, 
Uh, yeah, and this is uh, Zoe Saldana from the Guardians of the Galaxy franchise. Um, she's good in those movies. Um, and she's she's good here. I mean, she's a generally a huge role in the story. I kind of don't like her character because she's like, she does everything we don't want her to do. I mean, she slaps Jack. She wants to kill uh, Elizabeth. Like, you never <laughs> really agree with anything she does. And um, uh, I like this crew, though. You know, we got the the midget character who who gets this moment later when um uh, they're pulling Jack up later and he's just ha- sort of hanging on the rope, not really doing a whole lot. But then we're also introduced to um the Cotton and his parent. Um, this crew's fine, uh, but they don't play a huge role in the story. I think out of the crew, Gibbs is probably um the most um prominent. Yeah. Um. And um, after that, um, well, Jack sort of drops the line that while it is bad luck um, to have a woman on board, they're going to need it. I, I don't care why he says that, but they're sort of sailing in the in the, the storm, and it's great uh, how it looks. Just um, the look in Depp's eye, um, his eyes when he's acting, it is it's fantastic. Just his. He's got that that hat that is filled up with water and stuff. <laughs> it, it's just, it, it's a great looking scene. I mean, when people look back at these movies, I mean, they obviously think of you know Johnny Depp, but I think that something that isn't recognized enough is how how well these movies look. I mean, yeah. when we get to Davy Jones later, I mean, that's some fantastic CGI. Uh, just with mocap and stuff. I mean, obviously, uh, Jar Jar Binks and Gollum uh, beat him to the punch. Um, but uh, Davy Jones looks great in that, and um, yeah, I think that Davy was, Jones was definitely a big stride in technology at the time. Yeah, and just this entire scene looks great, and um, like I said, the depth, the look in depth's eye, and then um, Gibbs sort of is giving um, some drop, giving some drop lines just about the mystery of Jack's character, about where he got that compass and stuff. Um, but uh, they're catching up, and then after that, we go to um, Elizabeth, who is still has still told Barbosa um, that she is Elizabeth Turner. I, I don't know. I, I really feel like she's that. No, I'm actually the governor's daughter. <laughs> but that probably wouldn't work now. They wouldn't believe her. But um, yeah, uh, they're on the. East of the Muerta Island yeah. um, with the um, gold of Cortez and such, and the blood doesn't work. Um, but um, really, we're also with um, Orlando Bloom and Johnny Depp, just as their um, uh, Gibbs tells um, Will Turner um, the story just about how Jack got off the island that Barbosa left him on, and that how. Um, Get, uh, how Jack was the captain of the Black Pearl until he got um, um, marooned later on the island. And uh, you, it's kind of noticed that maybe this story isn't true when um, Will asks, what did he use for rope? And Jack says, human hair from my back. Yeah. I don't know how exactly that worked. That, he must have been very hairy. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I think it's realistically embellished as like a, a legend, you know, that 
Jack yes. obviously perpetuated the the mythological aspects to try to make himself look cool, but it is uh-huh. clear that he was the captain and that he was marooned. Yeah, and it also really sort of shows Will why he's um, going to help him. Uh, just with um, he'll later he hears Jack drop a line in Tortuga about leverage and stuff, and he sort of has his suspicions there. Um, but he really hasn't confirmed when he hears um, just about uh, Jack being the captain of the Black Pearl. Yeah. And yeah, he, he slaps him across the face with um, uh, an oar. Uh, <laughs> yeah, an oar. My bad. Um, but uh, yeah, um, the blood doesn't work um, with Elizabeth and she and Will escape and steal all the paddles. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the oars. Yeah, and the <laughs> um, medallion. Yeah, and the medallion also, and they they chase after um, Barbosa chases after Will and Elizabeth um, with Jack um, captured. Um, just when he pops up and he and um, Jeffrey Rush meet for the first time, I mean it's great. They bounce off each other really well, and um, just when they're sitting in the in the uh, I guess the captain's area of the ship. And yeah. um, Sparrow's just sort of sliding him just with um, taking a bite of that apple that Rush can't taste. Um, and yeah, and, and Je- Jeffrey Rush also points out just a flaw of Sparrow, it, well, at least in his eyes, that um, like you said earlier, that Sparrow isn't willing to uh, play nasty. He's willing to go over there and bargain and stuff and um, try to talk his way out of the situation. Um, and um, Rush points out that's why he got marooned the last time. Yeah, like no one wants to follow him because he they see him as someone that won't do what's necessary because he's trying to take the easy way out. Yeah, uh, and Will and Elizabeth also have an exchange. Um, uh, I feel so sorry for Will Turner because when um, Elizabeth wants to um, show him the medallion, like, Will's like, oh, we're about to kiss. And he gets really <laughs> excited. <laughs> and then uh, it's, it's like, no. Um, I need to show you this medallion. Um, and like, Will is like really mad, probably because he thought that um, he was going to get a kiss, but also um, because he learns that um, it's his blood that they want. And he's also um, told again just that he has the blood of a pirate in him, and that just doesn't sit well with him. Yeah, he's still upset about all that. <laughs> yeah. Get over it, man. He's um, kind of cranky. <laughs> yeah, he is. He's a little cranky. You know, Will's never never going to be one of my favorite characters in this series. I mean, he, he sort of is always making the decisions that I don't agree with, especially when we get to World's End. Like, he's a real jerk in that movie. Yeah, um, I think mean, he's the best in World's End just because he's actually, like, at least he's making decisions and trying to make stuff happen for himself. He just seems so Yeah, he's at his strongest. True, true. He's always, it's always for Elizabeth. You know, if we ever do a Spider-Man retrospective, it's always for Mary Jane. <laughs> and, and here it's always for Elizabeth. Uh, but yeah, you're right. And World's End, he'll begin to make some of the tougher decisions. Um, I just don't like the decisions he's going to make in that movie. We're just, yeah. I don't really, he'll feel like he's painted as an antagonist in that movie. But really, man, World's End, boy, we'll get to it. <laughs> but, uh, That's going to be a long yeah. episode. <laughs> 
that will be a, a three-hour one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we'll probably have to cut that one short because there's a lot of things that could be cut in that movie, most likely. True. But uh, and um, they have this. Um, the, the two ships have this um, can of battle. The the interceptor has to use um, forks and knives, um, and it's just this entire scene also looks great. You know. Um, one of the scenes or shots of the movie that I think of often when I think about the movie is um, just the mast of the interceptor falling on the black pearl as um, uh, Barbosa is standing there with um, his monkey. Yeah, it's a great looking shot. Yeah, it's awesome. And it also sort of we sort of see a transformation for Will and Elizabeth as they're sort of um, taking a stand and being smart um just with the elizabeth comes up with the idea to turn around well as um to unload everything from the ship and um will says we're gonna fight it doesn't work they lose um <laughs> but uh we sort of see them come into their own as um they're sort of taking over as the leader even though um zoe saldana's um was steering the ship yeah they're at least they're give they gave it a shot <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> they tried. Um, and you know, we're sort of with Jack, but Will is just sort of like saying, Yep, I'm, I'm Bootstrap Bill's son. And Jack's <laughs> just like groaning. And um, while uh, Elizabeth and Jack are marooned on the island that Jack was marooned on last time. Um, and I, I don't think, I don't know what Bar- if Barbosa knows how Jack escaped. But he's like, whatever. He ain't gonna escape this time. Yeah. Um, and uh, he leaves him with leaves him with the pistol with one shot. Um, still reminding us that that's there. And we're sort of introduced to how, in a way, pathetic Jack's character is. Right. Uh, just sort of, I, we we learn the truth about um how he escaped off the island. I mean, he just bargained his way off. It's. It's lackluster, but I think it adds a, a new dimension to the character. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's he's stuck in reality, but he wants to be this legend. Yeah, when uh, Elizabeth um, is sort of like uh, frustrated with Jack because he's just pretty much given up, um, and uh, she'll trick him into you know getting drunk and um, escaping that way, uh, but. She sort of, um, when she's talking to Jack, she, um, sort of he she learns just about like how, in a way, naive Jack is. He wants to be the greatest part of the ocean stuff. He ha- like you're saying. I mean, he has these um, um, fantastical these fantasy dreams, but I mean, like you said, uh, he's not ruthless enough. Yeah, and he he's not exactly like. Aspirations are actually pretty pure. Like he doesn't want mm-hmm. to be the a great uh, killer or a legendary pirate per se. He just wants to have the ability to sail wherever he wants to go and uh, mm-hmm. just take what he wants to have, basically. Which is yeah, the, it's the it's the purest, most innocent form of the pirate dream, and that's kind of. Yeah, what he has in his brain, but you know uh-huh. the reality is different, and Barbosa is kind of a, a a constant reminder to him of that. Mm-hmm. And okay, so I do want to point out another 
uh, plot hole in the movie is when the interceptor blows up and Will is trapped underneath there um, to get the medallion. Um, he's still alive. I, I'm pretty sure that there's not a reasonable explanation to how he got out. Uh, did you did you see a way for him to get out? I did not see one. For Will to get out of the ship when it blows up, um, uh huh. I think he just swam downwards. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I think I think the explosives were just situated far enough away. <laughs> All right, it's a plot hole. There's think, no reason he should have been able to survive. No, I think well, here's what here's here's why I think he was off the ship before it blew up is because he shows up on the Black Pearl too fast to have mm-hmm. been on the ship when it blew up. So he somehow they just didn't show it, but he somehow got out of the ship like yeah. before it blew up. I don't know how he did, but that's kind of the assumption because they're definitely trying to paint it like he died though. Yeah, yeah. I I guess you're right. It's a it's a bit of a gimme, but you know, I'll go for it. Just just with like you said, with the swimming distance and such. Yeah. Um I mean the pirates but, uh, are cursed with immortal life and they turn into skeletons. Yeah. <laughs> I think yeah, I guess I can give the movie that. Um but um Elizabeth sort of um makes a, a bonfire to um make a smoke signal for the um, Will maybe to find them. Uh, but to, in order to go back and rescue Will, um she has to marry Norrington. And Norrington, you know, he's an honorable dude, um, but he's kind of just a boring character. Like <laughs> he's not that interesting. I actually think he shines the most um in the next movie, Dead Man's Chest, where he's a disgraced officer um yeah. who's who like is almost a drunk, really. Yeah, he's a cynic. <laughs> yeah. Um but uh, yeah, here he's boring, you know, like, and Elizabeth has become sort of an interesting character, and we don't want to see her paired with this guy, um, but uh, they, sh- Jack um, is still sort of uh, talking his way through um, these situations, uh, just when, um, just with, um, you know, I, I don't know exactly how he convinces Norrington. I guess it's because he uh, gives him the idea of, um, catching um, the, the Black Pearl, but I really think that it's um, Elizabeth accepting his proposal um, that makes Norrington um, go after Barbosa. Uh, yeah. I don't really think it's anything Jack does, actually. Well, I think the only thing that Jack's really doing is he's setting up the situation. Like, he, he yeah. sets up the chain of events that needs to happen, and then Elizabeth does all the convincing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, Jack, props to him, man. I mean, he sets up a a really good plan. I mean, everyone is sort of um, trapped in, in Jack's web of idea, of his just idea. He goes over to um, uh, um, Isla de Muerta, where Barbosa and Will are. Um, but actually, I uh, forgot to mention, was just where we sort of learn exactly where uh, or how bootstrap bill was killed or well bootstrap bill will come back later in the series um but just with um uh just sort of really actually this scene doesn't really do a whole lot it just sort of reinstates that 
uh, Bootstrap Bill was a good man and that Will shouldn't be ashamed of having Pirates blood in him. Yeah, I think it just deepens some of the themes that they're going for about judging people based off the individual, not about the the group that they belong to. Yeah. Um, and so Jack goes over uh, to uh, Barbosa and sort of paints Barbosa the idea. Jack does convince Barbosa to go out there and fight. Um, and, you know, it's um, Jack will sort of set the flame for Barbosa's idea of owning a fleet when we get to uh, Dead Men's Hunt Hotels. Um, he'll have a fleet in that movie, but probably thanks to Jack's idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, Jack's a schemer. Like you said, he's not a ruthless pirate, uh, but he's he's a planner nonetheless. For sure. Yeah, he he is all about talking his way out of situations. Mm-hmm. Which isn't really the pirate way, but <laughs> it seems to yeah. be in this world. Yeah. Uh, and so um, he, we see Jack sort of slip the coin, uh, sort of um, sort of reassuring uh, that, that he's got some sort of plan. And Will sort of goes along with it, not really knowing what Jack's plan is. Um, yeah. But I do have a question. If you take a bunch of coins out of the chest, Mm-hmm. Does that mean that you automatically become a skeleton? Because I mean, Barbosa sees him take the coins out. I mean, but Jack Jack keeps one. But when, even though Jack puts a lot of the coins back, does that mean that Jack um, is already a pirate, even though he keeps one? I mean, it's already. I mean, a skeleton. Yeah. So he they take one they only take one coin per person that they want to be cursed at any given time and once you take the coin out of the chest you have been cursed and the only way to fix the curse is to put some of your blood and your coin back in the chest so jack throws his coin with some of his blood on it back into the chest to fix the curse before he kills barbosa okay all right it's like a one-for-one deal yeah, and uh, they have a great um, final battle. Just once again, this choreography and CGI is really good. Just the detail um, on these skeletons and that shot of um, the skeleton crew walking underwater um, is a really good shot. Yeah. Um, and uh, uh, just the, the 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 choreography once again between. Um, Jack and Barbosa's sword duel is really good. Uh, There's also still some great humor sprinkled throughout. Like that never really yeah. leaves the the scene in this movie. Definitely, even through the serious moments, there's still some humor there. Yeah, which there's could be going on. Yeah, and that could be played for bathos, but for what this movie is, um, I, I think it totally works. Yeah. Definitely, it's entertaining. Yeah, it, you know, it's just there's not a whole lot to really talk about. I mean, Jack uh, uh, throws the coin to Will, and and it's it's over like that. It's a it's a lot of fun. Uh, there's not a whole lot to talk about with it though. Right. Yeah. the The ending is basically Barbosa gets shot once they figure out how to reverse the curse completely. Yep. But uh. 
that will not be the last time we talk about Jeffrey Rush <laughs> in this retrospective. Um, what will we talk about that? Um, but uh, yeah, it's it's a good ending battle. You know, there's two sides to it. It's sort of a Star Wars ending. You know, Lucas always had two battles going on, um, and you know, in a new and uh and new hope we had the lightsaber battle then we had the space battle yeah this there's always two sides to it and you know we see um the governor um uh ah just with like oh he's fighting the, the skeleton hand and he comes out as the victor but he has not done anything like you said there's humor here and yeah and you know we're still bumped out like by the end, even though Jack gets his shit back, I still, like, am not sure if I like this crew. I mean, they ditch him, and, you know, well, because Jack did promise them a ship, and they have one now. Um, but, you know, it's kind of hard to side with the crew, though, because, you know, that's not what we, the audience, really want them to do. Yeah, they're motley, but they're sti- they still like Jack Sparrow. Yeah, they'll come back for him. They, re- they redeem themselves. Yeah, that's right. They, they were the ones that kind of came and saved them. Yeah, um, so, um, yeah, um, at that, Jack still is to be hanged, um, he's, he's like, someone please take me to my ship, and he's like, oh, it's not there, <laughs> um, but, you know, I like, uh, everything sort of comes to a closure here, just with the character moments, even though the, the skeleton, um, uh, battle is, is the end of the, um, end of Barbosa's story, <laughs> Um, the saving Jack is the ending of sort of the characters. Yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, it, it's it's fun how they get out, and you know, Will admits to um, Elizabeth that um, he loves he loves her, and um, she sort of fakes the fainting again. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I like how they get out. You know, we see these characters come full circle of Jack and Will working together um to um free jack and um yeah everything comes to a nice closure here you know, i have a sense that a lot of a lot of the things that um jack does um, when he's um, finishing talking to norrington and the governor is probably ad-libbed i i don't see how that would be in the script just with <laughs> um death going nice hat and i was reading for you mate uh, it's all really great stuff yeah, it definitely seems to put him in the uh, protagonist role right at the end. Yeah, just yeah, just that we close on uh, Jack Sparrow. I think yeah. that solidifies that even though the romance was sort of the main thing that the writers had in mind, uh, I think that really just um, it, it's it's Jack's movie, really. Yeah, he he takes it, and they they saw what he was doing with it. I think they definitely, I don't know how much was improvised or whatever, but I think they definitely mm-hmm. uh, leaned into his character once they realized how crazy uh, uh, Johnny Depp Johnny Depp's version of it was. Yeah, I I love just this final quote, really, just with the um, bring me that horizon and stuff, and yeah, it's great. I mean, even though we've never seen Jack. Um, pilot or i guess steer steer the black pearl before we feel complete knowing that he has it i mean yeah it's like we, we feel home. good about it yeah um 
it, it's a great ending, both with the romance and with um, Jack's character. Absolutely. Drink up, my heart is yo ho. And then the soundtrack comes in right at the end. Yes. Yeah, and then we you have a post credit scene too. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, I forgot about this actually. But as we were talking, I was like, you probably should bring up that post credit scene. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't know what the first movie was to have a post credit scene. Uh, I thought this was probably one of the first. Um, oh, and, I don't know. I think they've just been doing that randomly. Oh, uh, okay. Um, I couldn't anyway, think of any though. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't. This post credit scene, it's basically the monkey um, taking a coin. Um, it yeah. doesn't do a whole lot. I, I guess it's it's there. I would just YouTube it. I wouldn't sit through the credits unless you wanted to hear the Hans Zimmer score, which then yes, sit through those credits. <laughs> um, yes. But uh, yeah, it, it's there. I, I don't really. Uh, it, I think it's the, I think the idea behind it maybe is that. That's partly how Barbosa. Well, spoiler alert: how Barbosa shows up again later on. Yeah, I think it might be because the monkey took a coin like on his behalf or something. It no, I thought it was life. because of. Isn't it um, uh, Calypso lady? She says she does it, doesn't she? Yeah, she does some but, voodoo thing. Yeah, but she has the monkey, like with oh, her. Okay. Or yeah, maybe you're right. We're, we're, the we're whole... to, when we get to that, we'll fi- we'll figure it out. Yeah, what if they do get that? It is sort of ambiguous how Barbosa comes back, uh, but it's there. I think it's it adds to sort of the fan theory idea of how how that goes. Um, I've always thought there was some kind of connection with the monkey. Yeah, you know, um, before we get to our recommends, if this was a one-off, just one movie, uh, it was just Pirates of the Caribbean. Like, just parts of the Caribbean. No Curse of the Black Pearl. Do you think that this was ever both intended to have sequels? And do you think that this should have just stayed as a, a one-off for Disney? Um, I don't think it was intended to have sequels. And I think maybe that's why the sequels fall off a little bit. But mm-hmm. I don't think that the sequels detract from the original. I think that it's it's awesome that there are sequels and i think they add you know bits and pieces here and there that are cool with the the world so i don't Mm -hmm. have any problem with there being sequels but i definitely think that it could stand alone if they just made it by itself yeah i agree yeah it it does it stands alone. i mean we'll never really go back to the storyline you know the the main villain that spawns the sequels is davy jones i mean it's not barbosa so yeah i I don't think this is ever intended for sequels um, but you know, I, I like Davy Jones. You know, we'll get to him with Dead Man's Chest, but I actually like him as a um as a villain. Uh but anyway, I think we all know where it's going. But uh Patrick, do you recommend Parts of the Caribbean, Curse of the Black Pearl? Absolutely. If you haven't seen it yet, you're a fool. <laughs> yeah. And as for me, yeah, I recommend it also. Uh I mean, this movie had a huge influence just upon me as a 10 or 11 year old uh i haven't really gone back to this movie but i think it has this it there's a way everyone can enjoy this whether you enjoy jack sparrow's character or if you enjoy the romance story um this is just a ton of fun and it's definitely rewatchable and yeah i don't know who won the oscar um 
that year, but I don't think it, that their performance was going to be any better than what Johnny Depp does here. He's the highlight of this movie. Uh, no doubt about it. It's just a ton of fun. He, he steals the show. All It's such a quotable movie, too. Yeah. Uh, it, it, it's great. Uh, strong recommend for Pirates of the Caribbean. It's not uh, like top 10 movies for me, but I mean, it, it's close. I, I really just love this movie. And, you know, maybe there's some nostalgia with that. And, you know, I don't think that this is just a, a flawless script. There's there's some problem. There's probably some problems with it. Uh, but as for me, I'd give it a five star rating. Strong recommend. Yeah, I've I've given it a four and a half. It's my fourth yeah. favorite movie that I like own in my collection because mm-hmm. yeah. I just love watching it. Like I will never get tired of watching this movie. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I, I've watched this movie with uh, uh, my two um, little brothers, and then I watched it with my grandmother, and you know, uh, we all enjoyed it. Uh, I think that they they might have not as enjoyed it as much as my grandmother and I did. Uh, but as me, you know, it's been a while since I'd actually come back to this movie. It'd been a, a, a about six months, which yeah. is not normal for me. I usually go back to this movie often, and I was wondering would it actually hold up? Would my or would it just be my nostalgia that would um, have me love it so much? But no, this is a well-made story, great performances, and what's a great CGI too. I mean, there may be some shots that don't look as good as others. But it's still really good. And, you know, Hans Zimmer's score adds so much to the movie. Yeah, absolutely. And just going back real quick to what you were saying about Johnny Depp, mm-hmm. like his performance is great. But I think the reason why he didn't get the Oscar is just because it's not really the type of performance that the Academy likes to appreciate or acknowledge, you know? Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. I mean, it's more, it's not a very you know dramatic performance like most are right. um but uh yeah i like think the academy, least... the academy likes to recommend like depth and like subtlety and you know like intense like emotional trauma or whatever but this yeah. is a fantastic performance from like a theatrical uh i'm trying to think of the right word but it's kind of a um it's a or... it's a performance for the audience right it's here. I'll I'll find the word that I'm looking for. <laughs> <laughs> um, before we close off this episode, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we'll go to um, uh, five movies that we're wanting to see soon. All right. Vaudeville. Right. That's the word I was looking for. What is it? It's a vaudeville performance. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> I'm glad you found it. <laughs> yeah, it's like like Charlie Chaplin. I figured it out. I had to look it up, but I figured it out. Nice. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> um, okay. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> At least I have um, a thought. Okay. Uh, yeah. I followed um, through on that. I actually figured it out. I want to be honest. I do not know what that word means. <laughs> well, there you go. There you go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> whatever. whatever. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, well, are we going to uh, do our, our recommends now? 
Vaudeville. <laughs> five I recommend movies. You, I recommend you Google Vaudeville. <laughs> I don't even know. How do you spell that? <laughs> V-A-U-D-E-V-I-L-L-E. I think. Okay. <laughs> I think. I think that's it. I could be wrong. A ty- Okay, here it is. A type of entertainment popular chiefly in the U.S. in the early 20th century featuring a mixture of specialities acts such as burlesque comedy and song and dance. Yeah. Okay, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Um, Anyway, um, Patrick, uh, what are five (laughs) movies... (laughs) Five movies um, that you want to see soon... Um, we'll go um, back and we'll rotate back and forth. Okay, I want to see. Uh, let's see. I want to see a band day apart or band of outsiders by John Luc Godard. Uh, from 1964, it was a big influence on Quentin Tarantino, and it's one that he cites a lot in interviews. So. Uh, yeah. Okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> awesome. Um, okay. Um, so, um, one that I want to see... I don't know which one it'll be. I see more of, um, uh, Stanley Kubrick's work. Uh, I'm a little, honestly, a little hesitant to... Um, just because Barry Lyndon um, really left me cold, um, it the more I think about it, the more I just not I just don't really like it. It's not a bad movie. It's just I I, I don't know, but I still want to see more of his stuff. Maybe it's just a rare misstep for Kubrick, but um, I'm still want to see uh, more of his stuff. So I'm not sure which Kubrick movie it'll be. Um, but I'm still willing to see more of his movies, so mark that down. A, a Stanley Kubrick movie. Okay. Um, I will also want to see. Oops, I just clicked on an ad while I was on Letterbox. Hold on. <laughs> Let me get back to a safe portion of the internet. Okay. I also want to see. I want to watch uh, or rewatch 2001: A Space Odyssey soon. Yeah. Because it's a. Uh, it's, yeah. it's in my five star club. And, uh, you know, mm-hmm. those are always good. Yeah. That, yeah, 2001, that, that movie's awesome. That, I really enjoyed that movie. That's what, that's the movie, that's the movie that made me uh, a Kubrick fan. I, I, well, I, the, the one that got me interested in Kubrick movies. Yeah. After that, I saw Doctor Strangelove and stuff. Um, so, but yeah, that was definitely the movie that got me interested in seeing more of his movies. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're gonna watch another Kubrick, The Shining is one of his best, other than 2001 that I've seen. Yeah, that that's definitely one that I have on my list. Sweet. Um, another one that I want to see. Ooh. Um. I want to see. Um. Ooh. There is so many. Um. I have a, okay, Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Ooh. Um, yeah, I'm a Spielberg fan. Um, he's probably up there with my top three directors with Nolan and Kubrick. 
Um, so, and I know that's one of his most famous movies, you know, with Indiana Jones, E.T., and movies like that. But um, Close Encounters, is that's supposed to be a good alien movie. Um, so, yeah, I'll definitely want to check that one out. It came out the same year as Star Wars. I think I'll end up doing what the better space movie will be that year. <laughs> um, but I've, I still, I've heard it's pretty good, and it's Spielberg, so I'm definitely interested in seeing that. Nice. Um, I also want right. to rewatch Rosemary's Baby because mm-hmm. I have this theory that 1968 is the greatest year for film ever because 2001 A Space Odyssey came out that year and Once Upon a Time in the West came out that year. And those are my top two movies of all time. And ah. And I also really liked Rosemary's Baby the first time I watched it. And this short film that I watched from 1968, Past de Ducks or Past de Doe or however you say it, is also amazing and a five star. So I'm just going to delve really deep into 1968 and see how far okay. this well of awesome movies goes. Also, The Great Silence. You know that one that I was debating mm-hmm. getting when I was at the comic book store? Yes, I do remember that. Watched it. It's really good. I like it. I don't need to own it, but it was also really good. And it's also from 1968. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Oh, that's interesting. You know, you mentioned that short film, Past Looks. How did you see that? Because I looked for that on Amazon because I noticed you'd given it five stars and you've only given um, eight movies um, five stars. So I was like, oh, this must be really good. So I yeah. looked it on Amazon and I, I struggled to find it. I, I couldn't find it anywhere. Where did you watch it? It is really good. It's on YouTube. It's 13 minutes. You can just look it up okay. and watch it. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'll definitely check that out. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you don't give a whole lot of movies five stars. So if Patrick's giving it five stars, it must be pretty good. So... Yeah, that, I definitely have that one on my watch list. It's not in my top five, but I definitely want to see it. Awesome. So what's next on your top five? Um, um let me see. Yeah, I want to see the first Blade Runner. Um, you know, Ooh. I know you like um, those two, and I know Blade Runner 2049 is your favorite. And, you know, I just know those are, that's a cult classic. And so I'm definitely um, really wanting to see the, that movie. Nice. Um, that's pretty much, hey, that, that one's mine. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I definitely like 2049 better, honestly, but you gotta see both. You gotta see both. Yeah. Um, keeping up the 1968, I wanna see the original Planet of the Apes, which I know you really like. Yes, I'm a Planet oh. of the Apes fan. Yeah, also came out in 1968, so hopefully that'll be some awesome, some great science fiction to go alongside 2001, also with monkeys, coincidentally. Yeah, the Surprisingly, the monkeys in 2001 are way better than they are in um, uh, The Planet of the Apes. Yeah. Uh, but um, still, that one's really good. So, yeah, definitely, that's one that you should definitely see. Awesome. Um, another one that I want to see is probably Robocop. Ooh. Um, that one's a, another cult classic. Um, I've heard it's the only good one in its series, <laughs> um, and it's 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 free on uh, HBO, so I can definitely see that one quickly. And uh, pretty good, so I'm going to see that awesome. one. Awesome. Right, last, last one. one. 
uh, Hour of the Wolf by Ingmar Bergman, also from 1968. It's one of the highest rated from that year, so I'm also trying to watch that. And Ingmar Bergman is really good, too. And it has, uh, uh, what's her name? Leave Liv Omen. So she's pretty good. Okay, cool. Um, last one for me is probably um, V for Vendetta. I'm in the middle of reading the comic, and as you know, and uh, that one's on Netflix. Um, I'm definitely wanting to see that one after I finish the comic book. Um, so yeah, that one's probably awesome. On That's a good one. All right, and yeah, uh, so that one that pretty much wraps up this episode. Uh, um, Patrick, where can people find you if they want? To uh, you can find all my opinions on movies, and I do have the best opinions on movies. Uh, on my on my letterbox. <laughs> Patrick O'Segan is one word with a capital P and a capital O. As for me, you can find me over at Letterbox. Also, my handle is um, two words, a capital N-O-A-H for Noah and capital N-E-W-C-O-M-B um, for Newcomb. Uh, you can also find me at my Um I don't know. I thought this was a great discussion. You know, Pirates of the Caribbean, really fun movie. So... We'll be back uh, in two days with Dead Man's Chest. Um, I'm very interested in seeing um, where this series goes. I haven't visit- visited the sequels a whole lot. Uh, the- it's mainly the first one that I go back and see. Um, I also remember not liking Dead Man's Chest as much, but looking back on it more, I, I think uh, it- I like it a lot more thinking back on it. Um, but when I was uh, sitting there after watching Curse of the Black Pearl, uh, I did not like it as much, but I'll be interested in seeing uh, what I think uh, when I see it. Um, and yeah, so great start to this retrospective. Um, go listen to some of our um, other reviews. Uh, Patrick and I did the entire Mad Max series. We also did No Catch for All Men, and Sam and I are in, in the middle of our Batman retrospective. We'll probably get our Batman and Robin review out um, this week. And then, you know, Patrick, you will be joining us for our Catwoman review and being the Nolan films. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much it. We've got the – we're still continuing Pirates of the Caribbean series and um, uh, the Batman series. Um, so, Patrick, thank you so much thank for you, joining man. me. Um, and we'll be back in two days with Pirates of the Caribbean, uh, Dead Man's Chest. Thank you for listening.